Welcome once again to the E-Bone Zone. I invite you to sit back, relax, and listen for the 268th time on this Friday, January 21st, 2022. I hope you enjoy this week's episode, part one in a novel review series on Wilson Rawls, Where the Red Fern Grows. This episode contains spoilers. This week, we dive into a new book review series on Where the Red Fern Grows, written by Wilson Rawls. It's a very popular book that I'd heard a lot about in elementary school and now want to share with you. You know the deal. Chapter by chapter, we break it down until the end of the book, and then I'll share my thoughts. Cool? Cool. We'll be covering chapters one through five in this episode, so let's get going. We open as our main character leaves their office for the day. He says today is a day that people are just grateful for, walking along and just appreciating life as it is. But it isn't long before he hears a dogfight in the distance, and that spells trouble. At first, he pays it no mind because that's just what dogs do sometimes. Eventually, though, conscience takes over and he goes to check it out. There are a lot of dogs fighting one, and if he's not careful, he'll have some dead dogs on his hands. Eventually, our main guy gets to see the dog at the center of it all. It's a red bone hound that's older than dirt but can fight like mad. The dog gets himself out of the pile and backs up against a hill. His ears split open, but he's still going. Eventually, the man has had enough. He breaks up the fight and goes to tend to the hound that fought so bravely, mostly to honor the memory of a dog that he once had as a kid. He goes over to the dog and tries to reach out to him, but that doesn't go so well at first. But after some time, the dog warms up to him and he starts wagging his tail. The dog's a bit worse for the wear. He's malnourished and tired. Eventually, we find out his name is Buddy. Finding this dog brings warmth to our main character's life. He now has a friend and so does Buddy. They go back to the house, and Buddy eats all the meat he can hold and drinks every drop of warm milk that's given to him. Seems like a pretty good day to me. There comes a time, though, that our main character sees the dog getting restless, which means he must be a wanderer, unfit to be kept as a pet. So he decides to let Buddy go. Opening the back gate, he lets the dog out and watches him go, bidding him farewell with these final words. Goodbye, old fella. Good luck and good hunting. As he stands on the porch, our narrator pictures the hound's journey from the gate back to his master's home. He then goes back inside and sits by the fire. Before we know it, he thinks of Buddy, and his mind floats back to his childhood. In Chapter 2, we're transported back to 10 years old, when our main character is in puppy love. No, not the kind a middle schooler has for that girl who either goes to a different school, lives in Canada, or is just someone you wouldn't know. He's talking about being a dog person. He'd always wanted puppies growing up, but he had a problem. Our main man, Billy, had his eyes on two instead of one. He wanted to hunt raccoons. And then there's another slight snag in his plans. Both his mom and dad say no because it's too dangerous for a kid to go hunting alone, especially when you've got a bunch of dogs and a gun involved. That's a really smart decision on the parents' end, but as I know from experience, because I was a kid once, 10-year-olds can be stubborn. Even though his parents say he can't hunt the big stuff, he was still fascinated with the idea, so he caught frogs, lizards, and rats. He thinks that if he wants a dog bad enough, his parents will cave, 
and eventually the wanting gets to him. But his parents' problem is they don't have enough money. Dogs cost a lot, $75 for a pair. But eventually, Billy's dad gets him three traps, which he then teaches him how to use, unsuccessfully, meaning he caught the cat instead of a raccoon his first time out, and his second time, and the third, and the fourth. Eventually, Billy's mom talks to his dad about the cat getting in the traps too much, and if that wasn't bad enough, he caught one of his mom's hens. With time, though, he gets better at it, catching possums and squirrels and rabbits when he realizes he doesn't have a raccoon pelt to add to his collection. He gets back into the idea of wanting a dog, which his parents swiftly deny, so he decides to just run away and get the dogs himself. Until, that is, he hears a wolf howl, and that shuts him down really quick. That night, he hears a hunter with his dog, and I bet you can tell what happens then. His longing only grows. Aside from that, when Billy turns 11, he's put to work on the farm. In Chapter 3, he's working with corn one day when he hears fishermen leaving their holes and goes to check out their camp, where he finds a sportsman magazine, and inside he finds an ad for some red bone hounds for just $25 a pop. So for two dogs, that'd be 50 And he decides to ask God for help, so he prays for dogs, and when done, he just keeps walking with his magazine in tow. From there, he cracks a plan. He figures he'll sell stuff to the fishermen whose camp he was at earlier. His main fare will be worms and fruit he picks from the garden. He next finds 23 cents as a starting point and puts it into an old can for safekeeping. He works his fingers to the bone trying to get to that $50 mark, getting just 10 cents a bucket for his berries. And two years later, he's 13 and has what he wants. $50. So now all Billy has to do is go and get the dogs. Two years earlier, he had made a deal that if he could have enough saved up, no matter how long it took, then the dogs would be his, courtesy of his good old granddad. But he made the old man promise to keep it a secret from his dad, which works, by the way. Billy's granddad picks up the paper and promises to get the dogs when he can. And with that, he sends Billy off with a bunch of candy from the store counter that, when he gets home, is shared happily with his three sisters. When Chapter 4 comes into view, we learn that Billy's granddad took liberty to write a letter to the kennel in Kentucky where the dogs come from. After a couple of weeks, the response comes, and that's how we know that the price of the dogs has dropped by $5, which is great news for Billy and his family. So now, Billy is looking towards a town called Tahlequah, and that is where he'll get his dogs. After some conversation about a haircut, Billy is distraught because no notice as yet came about the dogs, but with some time, the letter comes and Billy heads out in search of his bounty. He finds his way to Tahlequah and it's a lot bigger than he's used to. From there, he meets a sheriff and is afraid he'll get shot because of all the stories he's heard back home about how fast they were with guns. Now he's on his way to the depot where the dogs are kept, and on his journey, he sees a lot of kids playing around a big red building, which eventually he figures to be a playground. A kid then approaches Billy and asks him, Where do you live? Where do you go to school? Who's your mom? Who's your dad? You know, the whole bit. And when Billy says he's in school at home and his mama teaches him, he starts getting made fun of and called a hillbilly. Thankfully for Billy, though, the teasing doesn't last long because the bell rings and they all go back to class. Earlier in this chapter, Billy describes the outlook of the playground and all the equipment he's seeing. And one of those pieces of equipment was a slide. So while everything is quiet, Billy decides to go sliding because, 
Well, why not? He makes the climb to the top and then comes out feet first after getting scared halfway up and hits the ground unaware that a sweet old lady was watching him the entire time and is now laughing herself crazy about what she just witnessed. At least you tried, Billy. At least you tried. In Chapter 5, he makes it to the depot but ends up being too scared to go in and after seeing a postman give some water to a bird, he gets up the courage to see what's going on. The postman says he's got some puppies ready for somebody. He says that based on Billy's last name, he probably knows his dad, but Billy is a stranger to him at this point. And after an introduction, he goes to get the dogs. The postman opens a box, and when Billy sees the puppies, he's overjoyed and nervous. The puppies then come to him, and Billy cries. As he leaves, the postman says, Good luck and good hunting. As Billy makes his way out onto the street again, there are a lot of things happening to him. He's getting made fun of at every turn and getting mad. Eventually, when one of his bullies pulls his dog's ears, well, as the saying goes, there's only so much a man can take. Billy decides that this means war and gets ready for a fight. Putting all his power behind his fist, he punches the first kid in the nose, bites another guy's finger, and caves in a third one's Adam's apple. But eventually, he runs out of steam and the gang charges him. While he's getting the living daylights kicked out of him, a sheriff comes by and puts a stop to it, scattering the kids like a farmer scatters birdseed in the morning. Of course, now Billy's afraid of what'll happen to him, because he fought too. When the marshal finds out about the dogs, everything's fine, and they go back and forth about Billy buying the dogs, and because of his grit and bravery, the marshal offers to buy him a soda. Billy now has a new friend, and he's got a drink, and he's happy. After, they discuss where Billy lives, and the marshal says that Billy has a hard road ahead of him because he's on foot. But he believes that Billy will make it because he's tough. Billy's dogs, as it turns out, are male and female, one of each, and he doesn't take too long to figure out that the boy's got the brawn and the girl has the brains. So, with the dogs in tow, Billy goes to a cave to set up camp for the night. As Billy will soon find out, setting up camp in a cave isn't like staying over at your mama's house for the weekend. If there's anything we know about caves, it's that they can hide some pretty big dangers. And it isn't long until they hear screams, or more like growls, which only means one thing, a mountain lion. The two dogs are ready to fight, and so, as it turns out, is Billy. He's ready to kill and maybe even die if need be for his dogs. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. I'm really glad you could make it, and I hope you enjoyed the festivities. If you want to stay connected to the show, I'd invite you to pop on over to Facebook or Twitter and give the page a follow. Just search Ebone Zone on Facebook and Official EBZ on Twitter. If you're new, don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Until next week, my friend, God bless you, stay humble, and remember, keep an ear out.